Hello and welcome into another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. I'm your host, Mitch Reams, and today I'm talking to Sharon Winter. She's the COO and co-founder of Esports One. Sharon, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys. Really excited to talk with Sharon. Esports One is a all-in-one fantasy esports platform. And Sharon, along with her co-founder, Matt Gunnan, developed the Esports One technology out of MIT and Caltech. And today, their predictive analytic magic is being used by Twitch and Riot Games. Since February, they've seen a COVID-19-related 300% increase in platform users, both esports veterans and newcomers joining from outside the esports world to fill up all this extra time we suddenly found ourselves with. So we're going to be talking about fantasy esports, why fantasy esports hasn't quite blown up in the same way that fantasy sports has, and how esports one is solving some of the unique challenges that come alongside fantasy esports. So Sharon, first of all, why was this a space that you wanted to get involved in as you co-founded this company? There's so many spaces that we wanted to get involved in by co-founding this company. I think the way that we um, really kind of see ourselves as leaders and is for one is being the leaders in stats and data and um, data capture technology in the space. And then the second full, the second way is being the leaders in um, authentic fantasy for gamers by gamers like what does that mean to introduce a competitive viewership experience for the gaming community so those are the two kind of aspects we really focus on and um, brand ourselves on i love it and there's so much interesting analytics that comes with esports because it's so digital sports is finally having this analytics boom over the last five years as teams realize how they can use this data to work for them but esports has always had it as publishers have balanced different aspects of the game, totally based on analytics and how people perform, constantly tweaking small little things. So there's so much you can do with analytics in esports that publishers are doing, but it doesn't totally seem to have translated to the fans entirely. Do you see fans have a demand for this analytic content? Do you think that there's a niche to be filled there as you provide more and more analytics across all esports? I do. I do think I think the big difference that you see with gaming um, and esports in comparison to traditional sports is that in traditional sports you're watching football, right? You're watching Tom Brady, and I'm not I'm never going to be Tom Brady. I don't even aspire to be him because I'm it's so far it's so it's so far out of my reach. Mm-hmm. I can't relate to him in that sort of a way. But when you're looking at esports. 95% plus of, of people who watch esports are also gamers. I'd even argue to say 99.999% of people who watch the pro scene are also gamers. They've played the game, they've interacted with the game, they see a move happening on screen and you know they can relate to it in their own gameplay. And that's why analytics plays such a big such a so much of a larger role in esports here because people are taking the pros stats or their own stats and trying to constantly evolve and get better. And, um, and there's only so much you can do just based on, you know, um, just like your own, your own kind of your own analysis. Like people are trying to level up by taking analytics and actually tracking their metrics and tracking the pros metrics and seeing how they can compete and relate to them. And that goes into so many, um, it expands and branches out into so many different things. It's not just, you know, coaching themselves, but then it turns into, 
um, other verticals, other channels, and fantasy being one of them. If you're going to play fantasy, you also want to get into the intricacies. You want to be the best. We all want to be the best. And so if you get into the intricacies of how do I beat, how do I beat my, my friends? How do I compete with my friends in fantasy? Well, whoever has the most data, the most metrics, and knows what to do with it, that arguably can help them you know, be at the top. And that's why it's so valuable to the gaming community to have this knowledge base. It's a great point. Yeah, you can definitely use that data. You know, and I look at three point percentages of NBA teams. I'm just doing it as a total nerd. I'm not gaining anything. I'm not about to go hit the court and start shooting more threes and pick up basketball. Uh, so it's a good point in like how gamers can use it too to rank up themselves as they watch pros, see how they're analyzing different movements, different skirmishes, whatever it is. And on that topic also, we're seeing, I'll say from personal metrics that we have internally on our product, we're seeing a vast majority, we're actually surprised by these stats, but vast majority of people are actually resorting to historical stats of how uh, players are performing. It's been a really popular feature on our platform for them to look backwards and in our research tools to go back, date back to 2018, 2019 and see how they performed historically against, you know, this opponent that they have upcoming, you know, they have an upcoming match this weekend. This pro player that's in there, it's that they're, you know, um, thinking about putting in the drafting for their lineup, you know, they're, they're analyzing the people they're playing against for that weekend and going back historically to see what that looks like. And so historical stats actually has played such a big and very valuable role for our users. Um, and that's actually one insight we were kind of um, pleasantly surprised about. And because of that, we're, we're going into a deeper layer of it even as well and adding even more historical stats about players that I cannot fully reveal right now. Um, but there will be a lot more historical stats showing up on our platform uh, moving forward for all the pros for our users to enjoy. That's really cool. And I think there's an awesome opportunity in creating those things as you lead towards, I'm not going to dig too deep in that because you clearly can't talk about it. But, <laughs> uh, baseball especially has this history of all these different mm -hmm. stats being created by fans, generally wins above replacement, whip, and all these different things that I don't even totally understand the <laughs> entire formula for them. Uh, Esports doesn't totally have all those predictive analytics and those uh, compounding analytics that are so often used in sports. And I feel like there's an opportunity for some really great metrics that haven't totally been fleshed out yet. Exactly. Absolutely. You hit it on the head. And so that's how we see it. We talk about, so within our team here at Esports One, a lot of us are, you know, our traditional fantasy fans and also um, traditional sports fans. Um, but everyone across the board is a gamer. They've all been around, you know, League of Legends in season one or season two. And so how do you mix the two? And so for us, we really emphasize how we're building the first um, all-in-one fantasy platform. And we've built the first all-in-one fantasy platform because we've built the entire ecosystem around it as well. And so when it comes down to those kind of, you know, when you say in baseball, there's like the slugging, you know, stats and um, and all these, it's, it's a very stats and kind of data-rich um, environment when you dive into you know baseball a lot of stuff I don't fully understand myself either but um, but when you go into um, to fantasy esports and specifically e1 fantasy you'll be able to find all of these stats and actually make the you know understand them and you know pull from those insights and when we say all in one fantasy it's a place where you can compete on e1 fantasy you can research on e1 fantasy you can read um, new articles and content which we're making available for the community. You can also chat um, and watch the games on there as well. And this is really bringing in the full circle experience. So you don't really have to go elsewhere. It's all there for you to play with and your friends are already there. So why bounce around from multiple different platforms to, to do it all? 
It's definitely important, and it's something that the sports world has figured out well in bringing in everything into one area. And there's so much competition between all the different sports platforms for who gets to run fantasy games. We had Sleeper on this podcast a few weeks ago, actually talking about how they're just now expanding to League of Legends. You guys are a little bit more ahead of the curve there. Uh, and talking about how they built that platform from 2017, focusing on football, and slowly built it out. And now we're finally ready to expand to League of Legends. Uh, but again, you guys have been in the space for three more years than they have. So I'm curious, from your perspective, you're clearly going through massive growth now. You said 300% increase uh, due to COVID, something we've seen across the gaming community. But it feels like fantasy esports haven't quite taken the hold that they have in the sports world where you watch sports daytime TV and they're talking about fantasy games. You talk about, you watch an entire show, the league, all about a fantasy football league. Why do you think fantasy esports haven't totally grasped that place in pop culture and the the casual esports fandom that they have in sports? Is it just a timing thing? I don't think it's ever been done right. It's never been thought about right and approached in the proper in the proper way. And that's kind of our belief at esports one. Um, you've seen two like you know historically there's kind of two different categories. There's the uh, there's the traditional fantasy giants that are like all right like there's a lot of gamers now let's take fantasy football, slap on some esports titles, and they will come. And trying to translate that from traditional sports to um, to esports or the gaming community, it just, it's not one-to-one and it doesn't work that way. And we're a very, very different audience. And for those traditional, you know, giants, you know, they have, they have an audience of football fans and these jocks and all this, you know, people who kind of at their, at their core have been playing and also following traditional sports their entire lives. And now to introduce them to esports, it's just, it's not, it doesn't translate. It's not, it doesn't, it's not one-to-one like you know, football may be to basketball and they share fans. And so I think that's one main category and that's kind of why that hasn't flourished and taken off. Um, it's kind of like cheating the, um, the gamers or out of their, out of the true authentic experience. Um, and then the other front is, you know, kind of small, you know, uh, smaller kind of people, individuals putting together, like hacking together some of their fantasy platform or, uh, you know, a fantasy experience for them and them for their friends or smaller platforms doing and trying to do, you know, tackle all the game titles at once and um, maybe not having the right resources to actually expand all of them and give a rich experience onto them all. So it all ends up being shallow. And so our, our core approach is we're, we're tackling each game one at a time. We will forever be a fantasy esports or I wouldn't even say the word fantasy, just an esports core platform, because for us, we see fantasy as part of a bigger mission of competitive viewership. And I'd love to get into that and explain what that means in a little bit. Um, but we will forever be focused on esports and gaming. And what does that look like to be the central hub where you can play the richest, most fun experience that, you know, for fantasy, um, for all your favorite game titles with all the research stats and all the content you need and your friends already on there playing, you know, League of Legends and then, you know, also Call of Duty fantasy and also um, CSGO fantasy. So what does that look like to have the full all-in-one encompassing experience? And you can also watch the games on there and, um, and also compete in real time. And that's something we're actually adding a lot of emphasis to as well. So really trying to level up the the overall um, way that people think about fantasy or about watching games, competing in the viewership experience. Definitely. Yeah, it definitely sounds all in one there for sure. And it's, again, a case of hey, you don't realize what you're missing until you've tried it out. And so it's going to take people to make that first job. Be like, oh, 
I should be expecting to do a League of Legends draft before each of the splits. That's something that I should have on my radar of, oh, this is something I've got a reoccurring league. You know, I've been in my fantasy football league since 2011, something like that, middle <laughs> yeah. of high school. And it's mm-hmm. it's just a thing you do every year. And so part of it's just providing that place for people to gather and be like, oh, yeah, this is fun. We do this every year. And it's slowly the the ball picks up steam. Exactly. As you talk about esports and doing something that's completely focused in on esports, there's a lot of complexities that come with esports games and how you might score them for fantasy. Ultimately, fantasy football, the most popular fantasy sport, is absurdly simple. You score points, you get points. You go yards, you get points. Uh, and that's about it. And so for, for League of Legends and for some of the esports, how are you making sure the game mode is accessible to even casual fans and making sure it's fair among the different positions and all the different factors that come with creating a stable and competitive game? I love this question. So um, in traditional fantasy 90% or, or other platforms 90 you know there's 90% of the fans are users that are playing and never winning anything and then there's the 1% that constantly wins every kind of match every battle every every pool and we actively have been thinking through how do we solve that problem for you know for our for our platform and in, in fantasy esports and that has been something that's carried with us with every development of the product as far as how we score and um the scoring system and the ranking system and all that i think i I don't want to um i I need to do it justice and i don't think i can you know i think that that's a question for our data science team we have a um a big data science team led by tim seven who's in who's the founder of oracle's elixir and um they they literally work magic we have our own elo models with proprietary insights and algorithms and ways to kind of identify um or to predict who's going to win each match. And we have our own ability to actually um, understand what outcomes will be, which really helps us kind of in how to score and or, and how to um, create salaries for each player. And each salary is uniquely calculated every single week before lineups open. There's a day every, every day right after the last game ends, the last match ends of the weekend, they're working, um, not sleeping, our data science team just working through the night and trying to, to um, to analyze and synthesize what new information came in from the weekend in order to apply it to next week's lineup. And so it's a really in-depth process on um, how we actually um, rank the players and add salaries. And then as far as scoring, we take uh, into account, we've, we've taken a lot of time and energy to take into account everything that could potentially that, you know, that happens within a game and within the match. And then, um, also building out on that other features that are very, very game and game title specific. Um, we've incorporated the selection of champions. So when you set your lineup, you select a team captain and then select the champions that you think they'll be playing in game one and game two. Um, we're also incorporating, um, or we've just announced incorporation of a um, summer pass, which is kind of like the battle pass, a, a battle pass like that you see in Fortnite, that sort of a thing. So we're incorporating um, the event pass, which allows you to add customizations and additional research tools and that sort of a thing. Um, and all those other elements, um, including the scoring, we're really looking back to the game and referencing the game and community and actually building out according to that and to what we think is authentic to that sort of a space. Absolutely. And I think the daily fantasy format works better to take a to take a sports term. The the week by week format works better than 
season-long fantasy for a couple of reasons. Sleeper, as I talked to, was doing season-long fantasy. They're like, one of the biggest issues is, okay, now we have to balance for a player that might have a champion get nerfed, or there might be some sort of issues mid-season as well. And the daily fantasy kind of solves those problems because each week you can be like, okay, this is what happened. This new champion came out. These nerfs took place. And now we're adjusting all our salary based on that. So for a games that are constantly changing, it feels like you need that flexibility to be successful when you're doing an esports fantasy platform that also needs to be able to constantly change as well. Exactly. And I think for us, it's really worked extremely well. And we very consciously made it a kind of daily fantasy style where it's week to week, because this way, you know, people are able to join in mid mid, you know, midway through the season and actually participate and have the same amount of fun and same kind of fun. It's not like if you missed the, uh, you know, the the launch of the, you know, of summer split, you're kind of done. That, that's not that's exactly what we stand against. We want it to be so everyone can incorporate or can can be included and kind of jump in and uh, participate as they go. Again, yeah, it's a it's a great idea too to to bring in more people and you don't, oh, I missed the summer split launch and now I'm out for this season. You know, it's a, not marking your calendar, but I, I can join next week or I can take a week off, uh, recalibrate my strategy maybe because I did not do so well last week. But do you do you play do you play fantasy? Um like traditional sports or fantasy esports? I play on our a- platform. <laughs> Uh, not on esports one. I actually was not totally familiar with it, but I'm into I'm into checking it out. Uh, my Please main do. esport is Rocket League. That's the Ooh. the game. I feel like I can pick players and and pick matchups to the point where I'd actually be very successful. Fortunately, League of Legends. There's so many people who know this game way better than me that I just don't feel totally competitive. Maybe I'm outing myself right now as a as an esports <laughs> journalist. But so Rocket interesting. Interesting you say that. Two things. First of all, we're very, very seriously looking into Rocket League. There's a huge community and a lot of demand from our community for that. Um, so when that rolls around, and that will roll around, it just depends on like if it's the next game title or you know one of the next three game titles, I will definitely let you know and maybe join you back on here as well. Um, and then as far as not being so familiar with League of Legends, that's, like I said, something where we're really kind of it's something that we're trying to uh, make sure that people who don't necessarily or aren't pros at um, at understanding or watching League of Legends um, that they can actually participate and get involved as well. So something we'll be announcing and launching soon is um, I'll tease it out, but something that will actually allow users to um, to be categorized based on their skill level and actually compete in a way that's um, that that allows them to um, yeah, to have a fair chance and a fair shot and actually participate in a way that's fun. And if you don't have that full skill set, um, we've actually built out our research tools um, in order to kind of um, allow you to have a level playing field with others in the game and help educate you. We have our chat community where people constantly on Discord, we have our Discord server, um, that people are constantly sending thousands of messages back and forth. What do you think about my lineup? Give me advice. And people are collaborating together and it's free to play. So really you have nothing to lose. I think you should be playing the summer split. I think I'll I think I'll have to try it. I need to get more into League of Legends. People will randomly bring there it up to go. me like, "Oh, you're in esports? Well, the biggest esport in the world. I assume you know <laughs> the daily competitions." And I'm like, "Yeah, kind of. I know the good the good teams. It's just there's so many journalists only focused on League of Legends that it's become so difficult for me to keep up 
with some of the other content writers. But you're right. This is, you know, Fatus Games have kept me very involved in the sports world throughout it. And so I should do some League of Legends fantasy to, to make sure I'm up to date. And it's a great way of understanding who's good, who's bad, who's performing well, uh, and then what teams are best, what comps are best. So it, it is the best way of doing it. I like that gamification aspect as well. Yeah, absolutely. And also on our platform, you can actually create a private leaderboard. So you can actually opt to compete against your friends. Um, so if you have any other friends who might not be fully kind of dialed into League of Legends world themselves, or who are really good and you want to um, kind of play alongside them, you can actually build your own private league or private leaderboard and, um, and compete just against your friends and stack up against them. So there's other fun ways for you to engage, even if you're not a League of Legends pro, and that's what we want to build it out for. We want it to be rich enough for the ultra analysts and you know, data heavy um, people to get really involved. And then also um, have have there be an experience that is potentially um, you know welcoming enough for people who might not be as dialed in, maybe not as confident in their League of Legends skills. And that's really, you know, we you asked me a few questions ago, like what makes us so different? And this is one of the big things um, that makes it different and makes us successful at this and at fantasy and bringing fantasy to esports is really understanding the climate, understanding the users that are here and the community and being able to build it for them, not just taking, you know, a traditional sports uh, template, slapping on some titles and being like, go hither, play. Like it's, it's very different in how we think about it. It's a really great point. And that was also what really triggered the fantasy sports boom was all these websites bringing in the analytics and making it accessible to the casual fan. I remember in the early mid two thousands, fantasy sports were for the ultra ultra sports nerd, which me included, it was just required all this really in-depth research. The draft boards did not hold your hand like they, like they do now. And, and now in the fantasy world, it's really all seamlessly integrated of, okay, these are the good players. This is what they're worth. And Daily Fantasy 2 has done a good job of, hey, we're pricing these players. That's a pretty good indicator of how good they are. And then you're just picking people you like, people you think have a good matchup. Maybe, hey, I know more than, than the analytics on this one, or I'm feeling good about this. And so it's that accessibility that created the fantasy sports boom. It sounds like it's something that you all are focusing on as well to make sure, hey, we can make this approachable to all people who play League of Legends, not only the hardcore people, which is exactly how fantasy sports became as big as they are today. Exactly, exactly. And I think with um, traditional fantasy sports or, or existing fantasy sports, they're just like one mold and one template. Um, it either works for everyone or just, you know, the best. And we've struck a balance between being available for um, several different kind of demographics and audiences as well and keeping it rich. And that's why we've really added a lot of focus on this first game title. We're supporting League of Legends for the LCS and LEC communities um, or leagues and um, building it as rich as we possibly can instead of you know spreading ourselves thin and kind of building every single, every single game title out and making a half-assed experience on them all. It's a great call because there is so much that goes into it and so much tweaking that you have to do to build out successful fantasy games. You mentioned Rocket League as a potential expansion point. What are some other games on the horizon? I don't know if you can announce what you're thinking, but if you have plans for the future, you know what games would you love to see Esports One embrace in the future? You know, I the the way we see it, I think there's there's certain kind of um, there's more of a 
thought process that goes behind a game. I think that some things that we weigh um, when we're debating what is the next game title, um, it's twofold. It's one that we kind of look internally and at the stats and the metrics and we say, all right, there's, you know, it's important for, you know, these leagues to be franchised or to have more of an organized season and organized schedule that allows us to build a, a consistent fantasy experience. That's what we're looking inwards at like, all right, what is the structure of these leagues and the, you know, how the popularity of the game titles and all that. And then the second way we do it, um, which holds just as much of weight is we we talk to our community constantly so we are always dming working with our community we have a public roadmap published online where people can actually vote for their next feature for the next features suggest new um new ideas new game titles all that sort of thing and we're looking at there to see also what's what's kind of ringing in their in their ears and what they want to be seeing and so that's really what's kind of drawing us to our next few game titles um and then once those decisions are made, we um, we actually train our computer vision, um, our computer vision tech, and make training models in order to actually support those games and support elements of the games, um, or 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 get a grasp on the actual gameplay in a way that we can support real time fantasy with them. And so, what are some elements? You know, maybe a game publisher doesn't offer an API, a real time API for that game, or um, maybe their real time API doesn't exactly display the the exact information the way we need it to be. So we're training our models in order to do that. And when we train our models, we keep those features and those elements of the fantasy experience in mind. So we know that we can actually build product and unique product um, based on that computer vision, like real-time capture. That's really awesome. And it's something that's such a cool thing to be doing as a company is analyzing these esports so in depth. And it's why you have partners like Twitch and Riot. I'm curious how those companies, those are, I mean, those are probably the two biggest companies in the Western world at this point in the gaming sphere. How are those companies using eSports One data and what is it? What is the company providing to places like Twitch and Riot Games that have so much R&D going on on their games, on their streaming metrics? How is eSports One providing things uh, to your partners that are already doing so much? What is eSports One doing that's so unique to them? So... When we started off as a, as a um, as a company, our core idea was, you know, how do we how do we build out a robust stats and stats and data warehouse using this, you know, computer vision tech and actually build out historical knowledge of the game that's so in depth that we can actually um, associate it with new events that are coming up and draw conclusions based on that. And so with Riot early on, we um, we actually worked with, um, we partnered with Riot Brazil and we, um, we built internal tools for them, for their commentators, um, that helped pull historical stats, um, based on anything that was happening in the game and giving talking points to those commentators. So that was like, that was one of the big ways that we've kind of worked with them and leveraged our, um, our knowledge of the game and our technology to build for that with Twitch. It was, you know, building out a, um, an overlay that allows you to educate, um, maybe newcomers or adding a beginner mode almost that's an overlay that explains what's happening inside the game because League of Legends is hard to follow if you're new forget it like <laughs> there's no way for you to understand watch watch a game casually and be like oh that you know that was like nerfed <laughs> like you don't yeah, even know what the terms are so um so being able to actually onboard new users is, is is a little bit is a little bit challenging and to get more viewers to 
to understand what's happening. Maybe it's a, a mother with her son and she wants to relate to her son or kind of like do a bonding, ex- you know, ex- have a bonding experience and, and seeing, you know, what he loves and how do you understand, how do you actually engage? So we, we were, we were working with them to build an overlay that actually educated the viewer if they were a beginner viewer or if they were an advanced viewer and kind of explain to them based on their knowledge level of the game their experience with the game, like what's happening on stream and what they're seeing. Um, we also have other partners like Acer, their new Planet Nine platform, where we've fueled all the stats that go into their um, new coaching platform. So we've really um, positioned ourselves as data stats and data experts in the space, um, both in kind of the information that we house and own, and then also our insights and ability to actually work with the data to create unique insights or custom insights. Um, and that's how the, that's how the company became what it, what it is and, um, and where it is now. And with fantasy, we've taken everything, every inch of our database and kind of, and every bit that we've learned on how to actually analyze gameplay and what, you know, how history um, affects, you know, gameplay and how it, how it, how it paves the way for players moving forward. And we've built insights according to that. And that's what you're seeing in this fantasy platform. Um, That's what you're seeing in the salaries and in the stats and in the research tools. Those are tools we actually use internally as well. Very cool. The, that accessibility thing is definitely one of the major things esports needs to address as it continues its growth. Now, more and more people are playing video games constantly and understand, hey, I get what's happening in this game. But ultimately, making sure somebody can turn on the TV and be like, ah, I get that champion. I understand what's going on. And you're providing those little tips and tricks, even if it's a recent nerf or a recent buff or uh, historic, maybe, oh, double lift, use this champion to great success in the LCS uh, summer finals or something like that as you watch it play out. It's just adds that little bit of context that's so helpful capturing the casual viewer. And it's something we saw a lot of esports experiment with during COVID. Uh, Even Rocket League tried to do a simplified broadcast. And I got to say it was a little bit of an odd choice considering it's the one esport that actually probably just makes sense to a casual sports fan who turns it on. But they tried to simplify their broadcast and explain some of the different things that the players were doing. Uh, and it's something clearly that esports publishers want to be able to do is, hey, ultimately we're capped at the amount of people who play our game. And when you're League of Legends, that's fantastic because that's well into the the millions upon millions of, of people. But when you're maybe a smaller esport, you're hoping to, hey, can we grab people who aren't playing our game consistently? And I feel like those analytics, those things, those the things with Twitch, the things with Riot, providing broadcasters with that added bit of information helps make it accessible to the mainstream audience in a better way. Absolutely, and I think I think other game titles experience this as well. Where we have, you know, we're t- Rainbow Six, for example, it's really really hard to follow. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity with with that sort of kind of like um, pathway. That's not something that we're focused on, but I think there's an opportunity for someone to pave the pave the way and you know making esports more accessible. And that is one thing that I personally think um, I'm passionate about because I think that is what's gonna Rap, create rapid acceleration of kind of the growth of esports. You know, is is the day that everyone, parents, moms, dads, grandparents, you know, young kids, everyone will understand what's happening on screen the way they do with basketball or football. Um, that's really when um, we actually take over the world. <laughs> Gamers actually take over the world. Game over. It's the dream. the The gamer takeover is well on its way, and you know, the younger generations are only 
playing more and more games and as uh, millennials like me start having kids having more kids and they grow up it's going to become a generational thing as they watch cloud nine with their with their parents playing rocket league and like that was squishy muffins he's he's the best you should have seen him <laughs> in season seven it was the great time is that what it's i'm the, gonna sound like is that what you're gonna sound like that's what i'm gonna sound like that's me that's me <laughs> to be very clear yes, i feel that's like my we all sound voice. like that in the office we're like did you see that kill we're like yelling <laughs> so the energy is definitely heightened in the office when there's some matches playing and we have two tvs in the office that constantly have some some sort of a stream playing and it's quote unquote research um, yeah, plus you add yes. in that fantasy component to it too and there's just so much fun things to watch about it fantasy is so great in bringing people to watch entire days of competition you know i wouldn't watch a random game between the Jaguars and the Titans if I didn't have Marcus Mariota on my fantasy team or whoever it is. It, it helps you really get an idea of the entire league and also introduces you to more players that you're fans of. I could say there's a lot of players that I'm fans of because they help lead me to fantasy football success. I think that same thing is true of esports teams as well. I think there's a an ability for esports teams and players to work with the fantasy content you know there's so much crossover in the sports world of oh fantasy games are this big thing where we're talking to players players are playing i think there's an opportunity for the actual teams and players to get more involved with the fantasy world as well oh absolutely absolutely there is um i think that will be i think there's certain maybe gray areas right now with uh, some game publishers and how they think of fantasy i think other other game publishers are excited about the kind of the introduction of fantasy into the space um and i think for us we're we have been seeing you know we we survey our users and like i said we talk to our users all day i can't emphasize that enough we're constantly talking to them and we know them on first name basis um and we're asking them you know what what do you what makes you come back to this platform all the time what do you enjoy how has this affected you know you watching the matches or whatnot and to exactly your point, um, when we surveyed our users, we're saying that users are extremely excited about being able to discover new teams and new players. And, you know, we're, we cover the LCS and LEC in our fantasy game. And we're seeing users who typically just follow LCS. Um, but now they're watching some LEC matches because, you know, they have someone in their lineup with that. Or maybe they didn't have a lot of budget for this week because it's a it's you have a budget that you can only draft based on your, this uh, w- million budget. (laughs) So they had to, they had to draft someone from a team they've never actually watched or they don't even follow. Um, And so the discoverability, it's actually increasing their viewership and the amount of time they're spending on um, actually watching other matches. And then also on the platform itself to research them and discover new players. And we're seeing that. And I, I hope that other game publishers get even more excited about fantasy through this and through our stats. Um, and we're compiling a lot of data as far as how it's affecting viewership and, um, and yeah, and getting more publishers excited about it um, was really what we'll see a huge um, turn and, you know, and how esports is regarded and um, how fantasy is used as a tool to onboard people into the experience. It's been very beneficial to the sports world in having people watch not just one football game in a weekend, but watching four or five keep up with their fantasy team to talk trash to their fans. And it feels like that same thing could happen yeah. to esports. People tune in for their quick game. And games are so quick in esports, too. It's, it's in, it's out. There's so much opportunity 
keep people there, keep people watching League of Legends all weekend long and following all the storylines. And that just builds up more and more passionate fans. So I feel like we've given people a lot of reasons why they should check out Esports One. But explicitly to our listeners, can you tell them why they should be entering a fantasy game right now? Well, right now, Summer Split is about to begin. Um, it is for Summer Split for League of Legends. It begins in about a week. Um, and right now is the best time to explore. I think there's um, we've we've put out some options that allow you to get involved, whether you're a casual viewer or a diehard fan. Um, and so right now to kind of like be a part of that and because all of our ears um, are perked and we're listening, we'd love to hear also from them what they want to be seeing and how to make the experience best for them. So I think right now is the perfect time to get involved before it becomes so big that it's kind of the norm, right? So how do we um, how do we build something tailored to everyone? Yeah, be an early adopter and get good at it before <laughs> all your friends are competing in it already. Get a, get a leg up while you still can. Exactly, exactly. I'll link Esports One in the description of this podcast, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud. You should be able to find a login for Esports One right underneath this. So, so go check it out. Let them know. Uh, let them know Esports, po- Esports Network sent you. And hopefully you enjoy playing these fancy games. Sharon, thank you so much for joining the show. It was great talking to you. Really love learning about Esports One and all the cool work you guys are doing in the space. Likewise, thank you so much for having me. And um, I'd, I'd love to finish off by saying I love talking to our, to, you know, to anyone that has any opinions or ideas about this space. So definitely reach out. Um, I make myself always available. So I love that. I'll put her contact info on her guest page. If you go down, you should see her little headshot. And I'll put some contact info if you want to reach out to her directly, share your thoughts, your praise. Uh, whatever it is about esports one and the work they're doing over there. So thank you all for listening. This was the esports network podcast. I'll be back to you later this week with another episode as I figure out who I'm talking to. So that's all for this one. Thank you all for listening.